Locked on Longhorns, the show, Jonathan Davis, your host. We witnessed a massacre yesterday or two days ago, whenever you're listening or hearing this, in the Red River shutout as Texas beat Oklahoma 49-0. to And I got my brother Landon from the Lando Show here to talk about it. First of all, I just want you to talk about the experience because you were in the building. This is always a crazy game, one of the craziest experiences in college football, period. What was the atmosphere like on Saturday witnessing a 49 to zero ass whooping by the Texas Longhorns. Yeah. Um, honestly, you know, I've, I'm on record saying it's the best Saturday in football, best Saturday in sports for me. Of course, it's a little bit, I'm biased, um, but being at that game, the energy pregame was as advertised as expected. Everything was great. And you just, you, you feel, you feel the goosebumps and the intensity and the energy, like I said, in a way that is very hard to explain unless you've experienced it yourself and clearly I'm a little bit hoarse today so I was getting my fair share of uh of trash talking and yelling and supporting the horns and you know one side of the stadium had a damn good time yesterday the other half obviously left disappointed and there's a, a pissed off pilgrimage of of Sooner fans heading back to Oklahoma right now so I'm of course very happy they have a lot of questions and, and stuff to figure out which we're going to talk about but uh, as far as the energy of the game goes man it was it was great for me uh and, and on the burn orange side of the stadium, but it was a little bit different, obviously, just because of the way that things played out. The, there wasn't the, the back and forth. There wasn't, it wasn't really a two-sided affair. You know, they got goose egg, man. So that kind of speaks for itself. Um, but it was something that my soul needed. I, 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 uh, I, I didn't realize how much I desperately craved a performance like that from our team. And uh, I'm just glad that it worked out the way that it did. So, I'll take that any day. If if I, if the if the energy in the stadium has to suffer a little bit for my team to smack put the smack down on OU like that, I'm happy. So life is good, man. Oh, life is definitely good, and we'll talk about that abysmal performance from Oklahoma and Jeff Levy and Brent Venables later, because mm-hmm. uh, I've never seen uh, effort like that in a rivalry game for as long as I can remember. But yeah. first, we got to talk about the team that did win, the team that did show up to play and take care of business, and that's the Texas Longhorns. After what happened last year, they had to, you know, come back and, uh, you know, get it back in blood, and they definitely did that. Forty-nine to zero. This game, in recent memory, has been marked by special playmakers especially at the quarterback position and Saturday mm-hmm. was no different with Quinn Ewers at the helm his coming out party coming back from injury you were at the game Quinn Ewers 21 for 31 289 yards four touchdowns one interception he didn't mean to throw that had no impact on the game talk about what you saw from Quinn Ewers who was definitely the MVP of the Red River shutout yeah. this year <laughs> Shut up. I like that. That's a good one. Um, yeah, man, I'm actually I'm, I'm really glad that this is where you wanted to lead off. So for those out there listening, we, this isn't scripted, really. He he's given me these topics. Right. And I don't really know what he's going to ask. So this is live reaction. And I'm glad that's where he started. I tweeted this yesterday. Quinn Ewers, I saw him play in person yesterday for the first time. Right. We can we can talk about the expectations and the talent till we're blue in the face, but seeing it in person, he met every expectation that I had and that I had heard about, and then some. There's a couple throws that I'm sure if you know if I just say four or five throws, we can all kind of think back. I still have yet to go back and rewatch the game, so um, forgive me for not being like completely punctual here in, in the exact throws that I'm referencing. But there was a, a few different occasions to where. I, I just kind of was awestruck or speechless. I don't really know what the word is, but where I'm just like, 
standing there basically like my jaws dropping yeah, like with my definitely mouth open. The, I, I, the touchdown throw to JT Sanders. I mean, crazy mm-hmm. anticipation and, yeah. and ball placement and seeing it. Because, I mean, if you see the, the angle behind Quinn Ewers, JT Sanders isn't open when he throws that ball. Like, you know, he, he puts it was, where JT was, Sanders is supposed to be. Yes. The throw to B. John Robinson is absolutely insane. Insane mm-hmm. catch by B. John Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's just it just seems every game with Quinn Ewers, short sample size, but there's four to five throws. You just look at him and say, that's an NFL player. There's right four there. There's four to five. That's So that's what I was getting at, and thank you for saying that. There's four to five throws that 19-year-old kids don't make, but he does, right? Like he, He's doing things that 30-year-olds on their second NFL contract do. Yeah. The, the anticipatory throws, the ball placement, regardless of where he's at, back foot, front foot, moving, standing, sidearm, regular, like there's different arm angles. It's incredible when you actually see it in person. And like you're talking about the throw to JT, I think it was the second one where he didn't break open and Quinn had to fit it behind the linebacker and in front of the safety. By the way, OU was – they played mostly three high safety all day yesterday, so that's why we didn't see a ton of deep shots. They were just kind of like daring Texas to run the football and pick and choose underneath, and Quinn was able to do that. The ball was out and on time and going in the right place. That, Like Sark said, all, all afternoon, it was just they had – whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. And Quinn was largely responsible for that. He is, he's going to be special. Um, And I know that's not a hot take. Like that's obviously everybody's been running with that narrative for a long time now, but to see that actually in person, I I know now, okay, like this dude's different. You know what I mean? Uh, Not only is he the right guy for the system, Sark hand selected him, right? So he completely unlocks everything Sark wants to do. I saw, you remember that play? It was a, uh, it was, it ended up being like a screen to, to Roshan Johnson, but they went crazy play call by exactly Sark. What I'm talking yeah, about. where he kind of, he rolls to the left and then like turns flips. and it looks like, like he just flicks it before he, it like didn't even look like he looked at, like he just knew where Roshan was and just flicked yeah. it. That looks the simple, of the but field that, for most people yards. aren't capable of doing that. It, that's a very difficult play to do. You can't. And, <laughs> Much respect to Hudson Card. You can't call that with Hudson Card in the game. You exactly. just can't. Like, exactly. like you just yeah. said, he unlocks everything. You can't call that with Hudson Card in the game or any other quarterback on the roster. He's special. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, he he's special. You just talked about it. We special <laughs> quarterback. Yeah, that's, and and that's it's been really a while since like, we're, we're we we're trying to yeah, find that's, the, the right words to describe that's, him. That's a that's an NFL quarterback in a Texas mm-hmm. Longhorn jersey. <laughs> that's all I got to say about Quinn Ewers. I want to talk about Sark because much has been made about his play calling, especially. Um, in the Texas Tech game and then sometimes in second halves. But I thought he did something um, that was really kind of unique to Saturday and uh, okay. something that I really liked. So he came out. We know that this Oklahoma defense has been reeling, right, against mm-hmm. Kansas State. Uh, they gave up a million rushing yards. And then yeah. uh, against TCU, they just gave up everything, gave up 55 points. Yeah. You had to see if this defense was going to be able to fix everything in seven days, what they were going to look like coming mm-hmm. out right from the jump. And so what does Sark do? He comes right out and shows us tempo, a lot of tempo, yeah. right? Like, yeah. let's see if this Oklahoma defense has fixed their holes. Like, let's see yeah. if they can handle us, not at our normal speed, but we're going to go up tempo and, warp, and see if they can speed, handle man. us. We're going to yeah. go warp speed yeah. and see if yeah. they can handle Quinn Ewers and all of these playmakers and, you know, and make them think faster than usual. So what did you think uh, about Sark going up tempo and how do you think that affected <laughs> the Oklahoma defense? Well, we I know was... how that affected them, but, but what did you see? Like we talked about a little bit off air. I think OU was actually broken before they ever walked into that stadium yesterday. They lost this game during the week. Yeah, they lost this game during the week. Exactly. All week long, like I said, real quick, to me, 
if if you are if you are giving up on Davis Bevel Bevel after just one three and out their opening drive, and then you're saying basically kick everything to the curb. We're only going wildcat. You can't threaten the defense through the air because you're literally physically incapable of throwing the football. Which I again, it's wild to me. But to kick the kick the curb or you know kick that game plan or whatever you walked in to the Cotton Bowl with under the expectation of, of Davis Bevel, just to go ahead and just completely throw that to the side and abandon all that prep or whatever you did during the week and go and Rocat style, you know, <laughs> Texas fans are familiar with that term. Uh, yeah, it just tells me that you were prepared for this to not go well, right? And you were just trying to whittle some clock, run the ball a little bit, hopefully not get beat too bad and just get out of there and try to reconvene and figure things out. But clearly – Clearly, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of things that they have to clean up. And, uh, yeah, it's just – it's not it's not pretty right now. But back to the point on on Steve Sarkeesian and his tempo. He actually – I thought it was funny. He was flexing his muscles a little bit. Sark, Sark will kind of – he he's not an open book, right? Like, we, he's not a completely open book, as we all know, with, with him being very close to the vest with the depth chart stuff and who's playing quarterback, what's – What's going on, right? Any injury, he's like, yeah, he's day to day. We'll see. You know, we'll, we'll just reevaluate, right? He will. He has a very, very funny and unique way that I love of being a little bit, a little cocky sometimes. And if you listen and read between the tea leaves to what he's saying, he's telling you, and we're seeing it. We've already kind of talked about a couple of the plays, the nuances that are built in with this offense. Tempo being one of them uh, that we, as fans, sometimes overlook or take for granted. Uh, he's saying we're doing stuff in the, uh, that nobody else around the country can do, and he's literally saying that. If you if you go listen to the listen to the uh, post game press conference, he's like, the talent that we have, the quarterback that we have, my system, like the the things that we're able to do, most people can't. If we just focus during the week, like you're talking about, growth doesn't happen on Saturdays. Growth is happening Sunday through Friday, right? And if you just kind of dial it in, do what you're supposed to do, focus on your task. He, Sark's Sark's system is it's 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 fun to watch, and we're, we saw that on full display yesterday. So just there was lots of tempo. It's it's RPO based. It's play action deep shot, which you're not going to see a ton of, like we talked about with three high safeties. But to run the football 50 times and average six yards a carry with three different players, um, Keelan actually averaged eight yards per carry yesterday. Um. It's fun, man. And we're still not, we're still one of the bottom half run blocking teams in the Big 12 right now. Yet we're still at towards the top in terms of run production. That just tells you how talented our running backs are. So when you have the run game combined with what Quinn can do with his arm, it's just, it's going to be fun for us this year. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, definitely uh, fun stuff at the 40 acres on the right. offensive side. Um, I said that every time that JT Sanders uh, is utilized correctly, he does something we haven't seen from the tight end position at the 40 acres in over mm -hmm. a decade. Uh, in the first game against ULM, he had 85 yards, the most by a Texas tight end since 2007. In his last right. game against West Virginia, he had two uh, receiving touchdowns, the most by a Texas tight end since 2011. He now has five receiving touchdowns on the season, the most by a Texas tight end in over a decade. Just talk yeah. about JT Sanders, who is a special playmaker and might be the best tight end in the country outside of mm -hmm. uh, the three or four tight ends they'd have down there at the University yeah. of Georgia. Right. Yeah. So if you take away, if you take away Georgia, he might be top two right now. 
Uh, he was graded. He was graded actually. I think going into this week as like in the top five per PFF. Uh, just we're seeing all the stuff that we heard, we've heard about with his hands, his uh, his athleticism at his size. It's it's a it's kind of a rare combination. And Texas fans really aren't used to seeing their tight ends utilized the way that JT is. So that just goes to show you a how important the tight end position is in Steve Sarkeesian's system, right? Being able to threaten uh, to threaten the defense up the seam with a guy like him. And then you've still got Jordan Whittington, Xavier Worthy, all the, all the other talented playmakers around that guy. It's just like, he kind of brings everything together. It's just too much to account for right now. Um, and then when you've got a quarterback like Quinn Ewers that can throw with anticipation and kind of just put it in a spot where only your big 260 pound, you know, or I think he's what listed as 250, 255. What's his height weight right now? I don't even know off the top. He might be closer to 260. Anyways, to put it to where only your guy can go and get it, it's just – it's fun to see. So, <clears throat> Yeah, so Jordan Whittington, he had five catches for 97 yards yesterday. And yep. I look at him as somebody that's quarterback friendly, right? Like he – Quinn Ewers comes back in, and he's the number one target for Quinn Ewers. We saw when Hudson yeah. Carr came in, uh, he was able to make plays and had instant chemistry with Jordan Whittington. Why do you think that is? Why do you think he's the type of playmaker – um, that was special on Saturday against Oklahoma. And he's the type of playmaker that really, regardless of who's the quarterback is, uh, he mm -hmm. can make plays and, and kind of be that security blanket. I just, man, I just think he's special with not only, not only his, he, his catch radius for one is the, is the, is the thing that stood out yesterday. Um, great hands catching the ball in traffic and, and playing through contact. But just, I, I love, I, I mentioned to a fan yesterday to my left, I just love, when he gets the ball in space, he, he turns into a running back. And so it's just like you've got to f figure out ways to to get a guy like that the football. And now that he's finally healthy, I root for him. He's one of my favorite players and just all the all the stuff that he's had to overcome with his injuries and just to see him finally healthy. It's I'm just happy. I'm happy that he's being utilized and that he's involved. You know, he's he's always on the field. He had a couple blocks yesterday, too, man, where. Yes, that, that, that block, that, that, I think it was the Keelan pass where he buried the. Defender yeah. into the ground, or yeah, yeah and then the, yeah. the one that they actually they brought back on the long um, slip screen to JT Sanders early in the first half. Yeah, he sealed the edge too. That's what that's what allowed JT to get up uh, up the sideline, and you know it just takes me back to to Brennan Marion's philosophy as as the wide receiver coach. Man, how how you block without the football determines how much you love your teammates. And Jordan Whittington just embodies all of that. And then now we're seeing the production go on top of his effort. Right. And just the playmaker that he is now that he's healthy and physically able to do so. So I just can't wait to see him. He's going to make an NFL team somewhere next year. Very happy. And I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping, crossing my fingers, that he continues to stay healthy and can get to the finish line this year. So I'm happy for him. Yeah, he's definitely the type of player that great programs are built around. A quick word from Simply Safe, and then we're going to talk about uh, the two players that carried us to victory literally yesterday, yeah. B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson. The numbers don't lie. In the last mm -hmm. decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 pro professional monitoring agents who will always have your back customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college save 20 percent on your simply safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan get your first month free visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more 
There's no safe like Simply Safe. So, Lando, uh, yesterday, B. John Robinson had 22 carries for 130 yards and two touchdowns. Also had the crazy catch that we mentioned uh, from Quinn Ewers and B. John Robinson. Feels like he has the best hands on the team. I'll give that to JT Sanders, but you know, mm-hmm. Bijan has a case, you know, for having yeah. the best hands on the team with that yeah. hit. And then Russell uh, that, that throw, by the way, was impossible too. But I'm yeah, just gonna leave it, it at it, that. It's sick, but we talked yeah. about it. You know, Quinn yeah. Ewers, that's an NFL quarterback in the burnt yeah. orange jersey. And then Roshan Johnson, 93 yards from scrimmage, getting it done in the running game and uh the receiving game, the emotional leader of this Texas football team. Mm-hmm. What did you see from what I like to say, the best running back in the country and the best backup running back in the country against OU. Yep. Uh, first of all, Roshan would start for, I don't know, probably 95% of the schools in the country. So to have that guy as your number two is, is really cool to see. He it's, it's kind of the thunder and lightning to me in a way where like Roshan is going to be always the dude. That's just, he's trying to break your wheel at the end of every run. He's finishing runs. You feel him at the end. Bijan is the dude that's like, I can make you miss in a phone booth. And then I just electrifying. He, he does things every Saturday that just don't really make sense to me. Like athletically I saw last week, right. Just for example, he caught the ball with the defender closing in on him uh, facing Hudson card. And the guy, the, 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 uh, the, the nickel defender, was closing in. He kind of dove at his legs. Bijan had the wear. Like he, not only did he feel that defender, he was able to catch the ball, turn around, and make him miss all with his back to him. Just like that stuff doesn't happen very often, right? It's it's just it's rare to see that type of skill set. But uh, the contact balance and and the hands that you're referencing, he's the he's the complete back. I still think that there's going to be some NFL teams that want to see him develop more into a uh, pass protector. Like if you can't, if you can't pass protect then you can't be on the field and on third downs at the, at the next level on Sunday. So that is going to be the element of his game. That's where really the, that's where uh, he and Roshan differ a little bit. Roshan's just more of that physical, that, that physical style um, just with his frame and all that. But uh, yeah, Roshan and pass pro is, is special. Roshan finishing runs is special and, just the toughness that he shows, but then Bijan everywhere else, man, it's, it's just like magic. Now I still want to see, I still, I still think this Texas offense and, and it's a young offensive line, right? There's two freshmen starting. It was cool to see DJ Campbell and, and Cam Williams on the right side, the future of the right side of the offensive line gets a run yesterday. Uh, but Texas still has a little bit to prove to me running the football, just with their run blocking. We touched on their run blocking grades. Um, but when you're a team like Oklahoma, you're inviting the run, playing three high safeties, trying to keep everything in front of you and make Texas methodically march down the field. But you're going to get that with, with guys, talents like Bijan and Roshan, they're going to average six yards of carry. If you, if you're not, if you don't have that extra defender in the box, it's just what's going to happen. Uh, and Bijan's stat line actually would have looked a lot different yesterday. He hit a couple different, I think on two different occasions, he hit the hole and just like got tripped up like shoestring tackle. And I think one of the one of the time he actually clipped, I think it was Cole Hudson, maybe it was either Cole Hudson or um, Christian Jones is right heel. Like he tried to kind of like skip through the hole a little bit and he clipped his heel and otherwise he might have he might have housed it. So the run game was was good yesterday. Like I said. Three high safeties, that's what we should do in that situation with those two guys. And then Jonathan Brooks getting some run and Keelan Keelan kind of getting a couple carries and I think he had, he averaged actually eight yards of carry towards the end of the game yesterday too. So yeah, the, the run game was fun. 
Yeah, when best you, best running back room in the country. And it's crazy yeah. because, you know, like I said, Bijan is like 22 carries for 130 yards and two touchdowns. And all we're talking about yeah. is, you know, Quinn and JT Sanders. And that's no yeah. disrespect to them. It just shows like Bijan Robinson is so amazing that he has a great game. And it's like to us, it's just an afterthought. Like Bijan Robinson yeah. having 22 catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns is just what he's supposed to do. Roshan Johnson <laughs> having 93 yards from scrimmage. We just expect that. Right. Yeah. And that's crazy. That shows the greatness uh, of those two players. We've talked all about the offense for 20 minutes, but I want to mm -hmm. talk about this defense who is now giving up 18 points a game. I mean, how many of us have, you know, could have expected that coming into the season, that six weeks into the season, this Texas defense would be giving up 18 points a game and coming off a shutout in yep. the Red River showdown yeah. with Oklahoma. They gave up 39 passing yards on Saturday. Now, some of that had to do with, you know, Jeff Lebby and, uh, Brent Venables conceding in the middle of the week that they couldn't beat Texas, but this Texas defense <laughs> had 39 passing yards. They had three sacks, eight tackles for loss. I mean, talk about this Texas defense, Landon. I mean, it's been a complete 180 from last year, literally. Well, if you so if you do, yeah, it's it's been unexpected, I would say. Just the 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 quick turnaround defense, like OU's finding out right now. When you have a new defensive coordinator and a new system, football in 2022 is built around like offensive success. Like DBs are always at a disadvantage and it's just built for numbers. Like, to, like the NFL, I keep referencing the NFL, but like the, all the major networks, they know that like people want to see points really. So like they, it's kind of catered to that in a way. Um, so defense is, it's more of a react of a reactionary spot than the offense is. So like, not only are you having to understand your assignment, but you're also having to respond to what the offense is doing. And so it's just more difficult if you're not on the same page and familiar and um, completely new system. And so that's kind of what we're seeing. Oh, you go through. But for our defense, man, the way that they've turned the corner from a year ago has been, like you said, unexpected. But it's it just goes to show you how important continuity is when you've got. Pete Kwiatkowski, year number two in a system. Players are more familiar with what they're being asked to do. And now you've also got the influence of Gary Patterson on top of that. I think that's what we're seeing. That's, this is the result that you get with the talent that we have. We've, we're very, very experienced up front, and those guys deserve all their flowers and all the credit. Devondre Sweat, Keandre Coburn, uh, Moro Ojimo. I saw even Byron Murphy got a sack. He was in the stat column yesterday. Just really thinking. True freshman got a sack. Yeah. 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 Um, if you break it down, three sacks on what? How many passing attempts did we say Oh, you had yesterday? 17. So that's a very good percentage. Like if, if Davis Bevel was really back there throwing it, you know, 35, 40 times, the way that any other team in the country would being down the amount that they were for the duration that they were, Texas, I mean, they were completely dominating the line of scrimmage yesterday. Yeah. And so that's that's the result that you get. And, and let's talk about it because, you know, PK, he has a history uh, of his defense is taking a big jump in year two. Mm -hmm. But not only we're talking about a, a big jump in statistics, like you're just talking about players you're looking at that we've seen, you know, have flashes at yeah. points. But now they're dominating. Like we talk about Keandre Coburn, who had something to prove coming coming into this season. I've seen him mocked in the first round by PFF in their mock draft. ESPN currently has Keandre Coburn as the fifth best D tackle Wait. draft eligible. You saw him in the first in the first round, really? Yes. Right now, oh. uh, PFF has uh, Keandre Coburn going at the end of the first round. In the, in that the just made my day. I didn't and even ESPN realize. ESPN has Keandre Coburn as the fifth best D tackle that's draft eligible in this draft. They've made a huge jump. You talked about Toronto Sweat man. and what he's done um, on the interior defensive line at the linebacker position. I mean, since the first game, 
Jalen Ford has been dominant. DeMarvin Overshone yeah. has been dominant on the back end. Anthony Cook uh, has been great with the transition to safety. Ryan Watts has been great in the run game, played better in the passing game. We really didn't have any passing game to play better against. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, people, by the way, real quick, people are going to stop challenging Ryan Watts. He's so sticky in coverage yeah. and he's so physical at the line of scrimmage. They're going to stop challenging him. Yeah. And then Deshaun Jamison, who had a lot to prove coming into the season, uh, got his second pick on, on Saturday. Yep. And he's been sticky as well. So, yep. like I said, not only are you seeing a jump in, you know, the points given up. And P. Kukowski said he only wanted to give up 20 points per game. We looked at him like he was crazy. He's literally yeah. doing it like yeah, right he's now. Doing it. He's literally doing it halfway through the season. But you literally just see the development in the players like all of these players look so much better yeah. than they did uh, last year at their respective positions. And it's great to see um, this Texas team having balance, not just in the passing game, in the run game on offense, mm -hmm. but on the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball, period. Yep. Dominant performance, 49 to zero by the Texas Longhorns. When we come back uh, from this next ad break, we're going to talk about uh, the performance or lack thereof we saw from the Oklahoma Sooners. Quick word from BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. You still have time to go out there and bet for your Texas Longhorns to win the Big 12 this season. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And for all your real estate needs in the Austin area, you need to visit www.LonghornRealEstateTeam.com because Dwell in Austin and Hill Country Mortgages have combined to make your Longhorn Real Estate Team. In a changing, more complex market, you need to work with the top professionals in Austin. Our data and information-driven approach gives our clients a significant advantage. Decades of experience in all market conditions make us able to achieve the best results for our clients and our clients for years. Have outperformed the market, leveraging our proprietary research, information, and expertise, which is now more important than ever for all your real estate needs in the Austin area. Make sure you visit www.LonghornRealEstateTeam.com. Hill Country Mortgages, LLC, NMLS, 2324262. Jonathan Sarver, NMLS, 993872. Equal housing opportunity. All right, Landon. So, you know, we talked about this a little bit off the record uh, before we got on. And, you know, we talk about Red River and how it's one of the biggest robberies um, in sports, in college football, one of the best Saturdays of the year, like you just said. Mm -hmm. And it's the type of rivalry that you necessarily can't put a finger on, no matter where the teams are ranked um, in the AP poll, no matter where teams are ranked statistically. It's just the type of rivalry that transcends all of that. There's a hate and a bad blood there that just makes you get up for this game every year, regardless yeah. of the circumstances. I mean, OU could be 5-0, and o, Texas could be 0-5. You could flip that. Texas could be 5-0, and o, OU could be 0-5. And, and the 0-5 team could come into this game and it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't you know? matter. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't matter, yep. right? And yet on Saturday, I feel like we saw something completely to the contrary of that. I right. feel like Jeff Lebby and Brent Venables decided during the week they could not win this game. And mm -hmm. I don't think that they came into this game giving 100 percent effort into trying to win this game. Now, I think Texas would have whooped their ass regardless you know, <laughs> if it was in yeah. the game, whether they tried yeah. to win the game or not. But I mean, how surprising was it that they came in with a game plan they came in with and basically conceded defeat? Before the game even tipped off. I mean, when you look at this, they had 17 passing attempts total. Three yeah. of them were by running backs. One of them was by a punter. Davis Bevel had more passing attempts in a game he got thrown into against TCU than right. he did in a game they had a week to prepare for against Texas. Marvin mm -hmm. Mims is an NFL player. He's their best offensive playmaker. He had one catch for negative two yards. And OU fans are telling me that 
they upgraded over Lincoln Riley? Like, you think Lincoln Riley's going to have his best playmaker out there for one catch for negative two yards? You throw 17 oh. passes in a game, you lost by 49? I mean, you can't tell me you're realistically trying to win that game. What's going on with, with Jeff Levy and Brent Venables? What did you see? Because, I mean, to me, it's almost disrespectful. Like, yeah. it's disrespectful to, to Texas to the, fans. It's disrespectful to the rivalry to and everything. It's disrespectful yeah. to the rivalry. It's disrespectful to OU fans. I, I I'm I'm glad they left. I mean, look at what they had to witness. I mean, the team did not care about winning. Brent Venables and Jeff Levy did not try to win that game on Saturday. There's a there's a lot to really break down and and ask questions about, right? Like, I heard Stephen from Fanatic perspective yesterday. He asked a great question: Why are General Booty and you know Nick Evers? Why are they on scholarship? If you can't if you can't literally physically attempt a, a pass when you're down three four, five touchdowns, you know, 49 to nothing. You can't – Texas had almost as many first downs in that game as OU did passing yards. More points. Had, Texas had more points than OU had passing yards. That's true. also true. Yes. Like, that's, we're talking that's about – we're talking about, uh, you know, you are a blue blood, nationally prominent program that's dominated the Big 12 for the better half of the last decade, right? And you can't – field a competent quarterback that can at least try to throw the football like I just don't understand is is it a meritocracy like how did that guy win your starting job or are your other two guys behind him just really that incapable what's going on no I, I understand like it's not an indictment on really Brent Venables or Jeff Levy to me at this point I know as a fan what honestly what what this team Texas team has taught me that when you have a new offensive coordinator every year, a new quarterback every year, a new coach every year. And then OU has all that happening at once on top of a, you know, a five-star quarterback leaving all kinds of talent following him and going elsewhere. You have issues. It's going to take time to figure all that stuff out and get on the same page. Like Texas fans know this. We tried to explain that to OU going into the season. They wouldn't listen, right? Because of the, they're not conditioned to have to bring in an outside asset, even though Brent Venables' roots are in in uh, in um, Oklahoma. They they've never really had like Lincoln Riley inherited an already a, a, a sound culture and a and a sound roster from a talent standpoint that Bob Stoops built, right? So there was no rebuilding that had to go on. It was already there. The culture was there. The, the coaching staff largely was the same. And then you've got this play caller that's been around calling your offense. Now he's just the head coach, right? With just a little bit more responsibility. It's a, it's a seamless transition. But when you completely try to change the culture, you bring in a new coach who brings in his own coaching staff. And then you have all these different moving parts. Life gets tough real fast. Um, and, but as far as, as far as what we saw is what their effort, I can't really explain it because I don't really know. I can't, speak to the talent or the ability of the other two guys behind Davis Bevel. I just know that I feel sorry for the kid. He was almost hung out to dry in a way. And it just sounds weird. It's like, I, I don't feel sympathy for OU whatsoever, but just for the kid knowing, Hey, my coaching staff doesn't think that I can do it. And clearly they were prepared to pull him if they did so after just one drive and just completely abandoned their, their game plan. And they're just playing, basically uh mickey mouse football <laughs> trying to do yeah. bunch of a bunch of other stuff because they can't throw it it's just it's just crazy to me so yeah. i don't i don't have an explanation 13 passing attempts by quarterbacks in a game where when, you lost 49 to 0 that makes absolutely yes. no sense to me oh you fans all that talk about we upgraded 
uh, with Brent Venables and Jeff Levy over Lincoln Riley. That was just asinine from the jump. I mean, yeah. it's somebody that was bringing in five-star quarterbacks and five-star players to Norman, Oklahoma every year, had you in the college football playoff every year, and you see the results of that. And, you know, I could comfortably say Lincoln Riley would have never went out like that in, mm-hmm. in the Red River Showdown on Saturday, how Brent Venables and Jeff Levy did. And, I, you know, I was a Brent Venables fan, even as a Texas you know, fan of somebody who covers the team. I was a fan of what Brent Venables was able to do at Clemson. And, you know, I try not to, you know, let that blind me. And I was still a fan of him at Oklahoma, you know. And now I'm really questioning that hire because I just can't believe that you could have your team out there like that in the biggest game of the year with that type of effort and that type of product on the field, the largest margin of victory for Texas ever in the red river showdown, the largest shutout loss ever in the history of the Oklahoma football program. Texas did something to OU on Saturday that has never been done to that program. And it's really got me questioning if Jeff Levy and Brent Venables are the answer, but nonetheless, Texas went out there, took care of business, brought the golden hat back to Austin and whooped up on OU 49 to zero. And I'm so glad that my brother Landy decided to hop on the show on Locked On Longhorns and talk about it with me. Talk to Landon. Yes, sir. Let them know where they can find you and all of the great content that you put out before we get out of here. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me once again. And thanks everybody who is tuned in listening right now. You can find me. It's, it's, it's posted on the screen at the Lando show just about everywhere. I'm very active on TikTok, YouTube shorts. Now is what I'm kind of getting into um, Twitter, especially as well. It's probably where I'm most interactive. Uh, and then even on Instagram, I'm doing a lot of uh, more short form content right now, but kind of expanding into getting back into the podcast, longer form game as well. Uh, you'll also see me, weekly i got a you know another announcement kind of coming up soon uh, on another podcast as well that i'm excited to continue to collaborate with you on jd and you're doing a fantastic job on here as well i love your stuff man and talking with you behind the scenes all the time it is uh it's a lot of fun and i just i can't wait like i said i'm a i'm a retired baseball player now so that's that's a thing of the past this is what i want to do full time it's what i love and uh, it's what i believe god created me to do so i'm here trying to do that and uh yeah, follow me on all the all the socials, and I, I, I just I love meeting people, interacting with people. That's what makes fandom and football so much fun for me. So hit me up, and I'll be glad to uh, to uh, definitely reciprocate. So yeah, one of my favorite people to talk to about sports. We're both Cowboys fans. We're both Longhorns fans. Oh man, so big day about, for us today. Let's go. Uh, we have a bunch to to talk about and, and intersect about. Um, for my audio listeners, that's the. T-H-E, Lando, L-A-N-D-O, and then show um, if you want to yep. follow him on any of the platforms he mentioned. Uh, we're both big baseball fans, too, as he just yep. talked about. So I got to ask you really quick off the menu, who you got winning the World Series? I think the Braves repeat this year. Who you got? Yeah, man, so, okay, this is crazy. I, I, I'll be rooting for the Braves for you. Um, but I will say I, I've i been completely out of the baseball it's one of those – it's like a love-hate thing right now. You know, in a, in a, a small part it's of It's like is, that when you play it. It's like it's that when you play it. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bitter about the way things played out. You know, I always I always envisioned myself being playing on that stage, and I, I was I, you know, came ever so close to achieving that. Didn't work out. So, in a weird way, I am uh, bitter towards baseball at this present moment. So, I've kind of been tuned out of those, but – yeah, man, I ended up catching the last end of the uh, the Mets and, and Padres game last night. So uh, playoff baseball is, is pretty special. And I, I imagine I'll end up conceding a little bit and turning it on and watching as things continue to heat up. But 
Yeah, I, I honestly don't have any insight to offer as far as the baseball world is concerned right now. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Now, the DeGrom was special yesterday. I definitely get that. Uh, my Rangers haven't done much, uh, you know, since I was in high school to, to uh-huh. write home about. But, yeah, I just feel like right now, you know, I know this is locked on Longhorns. I'm sorry, yo. I feel like no the Braves. Worry. Every sports uh, fans, baby, that's what we do. <laughs> the Braves, uh, they're going to repeat. I just think they got too much, you know, skilled talent at the uh, positions, you know, the, at the – the positions in the field positions and then, you know, pitching. I think they got, mm-hmm. you know, one of the best rotations. And then they got that championship, you know, DNA from winning it last year. You yep. know, even though there's a, probably a couple teams with better rosters out there. But anyway, Texas, 49, Oklahoma, zero. Took this edition of the Red River Shootout. Now, Texas, please don't let up and take care of business against Iowa State on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Longhorn Nation, hook them and peace. Hook em.